eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yes! What is up, everybody? Welcome to another exciting installment of the U.S. Men's National Team Hour. Kego Lasso Podcast presents this amazing hour about the U.S. Men's National Team. I'm Jimmy Conrad alongside Heath Pierce and people... The international break is upon us. Okay, over here in CONCACAF land, that means three more rounds of World Cup qualifying action. And today, Heath and I will be taking stock of the 28 U.S. players that have been called up to face El Salvador, Canada, and Honduras. And grading their performances at the club level to determine their level of preparedness for the next three steps on the road to Qatar. The U.S. Men's, men's National Team Hour... I'm going to say it again for clarification. The U.S. MNT Hour begins right now, everybody. All right, you guys know the drill. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening to the podcast, K Golasso needs your help to grow. So like the video, subscribe to the channel, turn on your notifications so you do not miss one single episode. And then get busy in the comments section. That's going to be very important here in a second. We want to hear from you. I'm just seeing Heath's glasses right now. For you, those of you listening to the audio, you can't see Heath's glasses. Make sure to follow K Golasso wherever you get your podcast and take a minute to leave us a rating and review. Every little bit helps. Now, before we get into today's show, we've got a very important announcement to make, Heath. We've got a $100 gift card for Paramount Plus and their subscription for a year. So it gives one lucky viewer out there the chance to have it. But we need your help to make it happen. The powers that be have set a benchmark of 400 comments during this live broadcast on the YouTubes. So you know what to do. Get busy in the chat. If you get the 400 comments, we're going to give away a gift card for a year subscription to Paramount Plus to one lucky viewer. So if we, it's simple. It's really simple. Then we're going to raffle it off at the very end. So if you want to be in with a chance of watching CONCACAF World Cup qualifiers, you have a Champions League, Serie A, NWSL, and loads of other elite soccer, football, football, foochieball, foosball, calcio competitions, and doing it for free, as well as movies, shows, and other sports. And drop your Twitter or IG handle in the chat. And our producer, Dez, will pick one name at random and con contact the lucky winner about the delivery details. Now, we're going to announce the winner during Thursday's live recap of the USA beating, hopefully, El Salvador on that game. It'll be very fun. So remember, though, if you don't get 400 live comments right now, it's off. Okay? You got you, to you gotta meet us halfway. We're giving you something for free. You just do 400 comments. You might even be able to do that by yourself. I don't even know. That's a lot of comments. Don't spam the chat, as they say. Anyway, Keith Pierce. Great to see you as always, and you're back home. Welcome back. Yeah, holy smokes, man. I didn't know if I was going to get on this show today no, or not. No, you know, it, was, it took that, a while. Maybe. 
You know, as you saw, Jimmy, as as you were on your uh, SNL intro uh, monologue, <laughs> I, I I I I'm I'm getting the memorabilia back out, and I and I and I real uh, the reason I'm showing you that those sunglasses uh, uh, is because I've got all these like collector things from U.S. Soccer. That's pretty weird to have in most cases, right? It's mm-hmm. it's a little bit weird when I look mm-hmm. around, and most of my stuff is U.S. Soccer based stuff. It's weird because you know there's club stuff going on and all this stuff, but every once in a while, every Monday. I get to bring it back out, and I'm not the weirdo anymore. And guess what? We're going into this international <laughs> oh, uh, window. And we get to talk about all this. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see you. I'm happy to be on this, and I can't wait to get into it. Let's go. I can't wait to. So let's start here. It's kind of some interesting news from around the world, as I like to say. Mario Balotelli has been called back in to the mm-hmm. Italian national team. 31-year-old striker who is playing for a team in Turkey that's not one of the Besiktas or Fenerbahce's or Galatasaray's of the world. Mm-hmm. He he is back in the team. Now, he has a very good relationship with Roberto Mancini, the manager of Italy, but I find it kind of interesting at this point. They have been struggling scoring goals to bring him back in when I've talked to people that cover Serie A for us, Paramount Plus, Mike Grella in particular, who says, I don't think he's done enough to warrant consideration. It might be disrespectful to the players that have actually deserved to come in and get that call. Now, let's leave Balotelli out of it because that's a bigger conversation for another time. We can save it for, for our weekend recaps or previews. But with regard to the U.S. men's national team, is there any player right now, any active U.S. men's national team player that you'd br- like bring back into the fold that maybe used to be there but isn't anymore? I mean, just to get this conversation going? Yeah, I mean, obviously myself, I'd, I'd slot myself straight back into it. <laughs> and I'm not still? even kidding. If somebody gave me one and they were like, hey, just one, you know, anything, I'd be like, I'm back in it, you know. Uh, but we're talking about, I mean, I never officially retired, so that that is possible there. Um, but in terms of, act, like, so so the question is specifically an active player that we'd bring back into the fold right now? Yeah, maybe somebody who played the last World Cup qualifying campaign and Man. they think, you know, we would warrant consideration now. I'm trying warrant. to think. Warrant. I don't know, Matt. One. I don't warrant maybe not be, but I mean like something maybe out of the blue, but you, there's maybe a deficiency within our team. I think Mancini wouldn't have brought him in if they didn't think he could provide some type of value. Wasn't wasn't Mancini the manager when Balotelli did the preseason thing where he did the spin move out of bounds for a goal kick because he thought he was offside? Remember that famous thing yeah, where yeah, he's yeah. alone with the goalie and does a little spin kick out? That was against the LA uh, Galaxy. Yeah. I would think that would have soured the relationship with uh, Mancini a little bit, but perhaps they uh, they've pre-season. mended those pre-season. those wounds. Uh, that was a big that was a big moment though. But is there anybody at the top of your mind that you would bring back in that's active now that that uh, could come back in? Maybe a, a, is there a striker out there that's scoring goals uh, within the context of of the national team or perhaps I, I a assume, defender? I assume Josie Altidore would be someone. Uh, you got Dax yeah. McCarty. He was. Part of that uh, World Cup qualifying squad at the very end of 2018. To be honest, Dax probably would have gone to a World Cup as sort of like the 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 Kyle, Kyle Beckerman, so to speak, of a he guy was- that kind of the Kellen Acosta of now, where you just know what you're going to get from him, and he's playing those consistent roles. So that could be a good one. He's still playing at a high level as well with Nashville. I'm trying to think who else there well, is. Well, you obviously, while, got- you, while you're thinking, yeah. everybody, yeah. we need to get to 400 comments. On this stream today, on this live broadcast of the U.S. Men's National Team Hour, so that one of you, one of you lucky viewers can win a Paramount Plus gift card for a whole year. Free subscription to some of the best leagues in the world. Yes, please. Now, Johnny says, bring in Michael Bradley as Tyler Adams' backup. I don't know if Michael Bradley likes to be a backup. And I think yeah. he can speak to that because he was your roommate for many years with the national. Yeah. I don't know if he'd want to be a backup. <laughs> I think, I think a lot of, a lot of that 2018 was about having veterans around to sort of guide that next generation through. And I think there was almost too many veterans and too many people that uh, weren't quite ready to transition out of their role. Uh, Cause it's fluid, right? You're not, you're not, it's not like you just go from being 
starter to being a bench player for the rest of your career or a role player. It just kind of happens at a certain point where somebody either steps up or you fall out of favor or fall out of form. And so it's a tough thing to accept uh, as a player. I mean, Jimmy, you didn't, you didn't, it kind of makes me wonder, like your career was abruptly ended because of, because of, uh, you know, concussions and an inability to to play further. So it wasn't like you got to have, uh, you know, sail off into the sunset type of thing. Mm -hmm. But do you think that you would have been comfortable being, you know, because I think this is a good conversation. And, and it also goes into the John Anthony Brooks. We're not going to talk about John Anthony Brooks because we've done it enough. But the, the conversation of, uh, do you think you would have been a good role player at the I end was, of your career? What, that was yeah, my... Yeah, but like, well, but no, like no. at the club level too. At the club like, level. You know, like where... It would have been, been harder. It would have been harder. I, I, but I think you have to have a really good, meaningful conversation and good communication with the coaching staff and, and understand where the cycle of that particular team is. If you can sense that when you and I were both at Chivas USA, you could sense that we were in a rebuild. And, and if that's the case, and it's going to take us three years to get good, then you're pretty much there to help build the next generation so that the team can be good when you're done. So I guess you have to kind of walk into it with open eyes and be pretty, pretty like look at yourself in the mirror and be realistic mm-hmm. about what the situation is. I do actually want to mention John Anthony Brooks though, because they just played against RB Leipzig. And I got, I watched a good portion of the game, ended up catching the goals on highlights. Both of them happened late in the second half. He didn't look good on either of the goals, by the way, John Anthony Brooks. Um, well, it's tough to look good when you get scored on. I understand that, but, and, and I'm sure he could have been lights. Honestly, he could have been lights out for the other 88 minutes, but for those two particular moments, he just didn't look good. And not to say that, I mean, the, the decision by Greg Berhalter, who he looks when slow. questioned, he does. When, when, look, when he looked, when, when Greg Berhalter got questioned, about why John Anthony Brooks isn't in, he said form. That's interesting because I think you and I both think there's something more than just form. But he had been playing well leading up to this Leipzig game, and then those two minutes, I mean, you can kind of see that, like, I don't know what it is. He That's the difference slow. of a World Cup, though, Jimmy. I mean, to be honest with you, a manager's job is to make those tough decisions. And you don't bring in John Anthony Brooks on paper. You go, hey, that doesn't make any sense, right? This right, is a, right. a World Cup veteran. He's big. He plays every game in the Bundesliga. Like, poor form or not, Obviously, they don't have a better replacement than him because they keep on playing him right, as right. they go through managerial changes. But at the same time, you're talking about qualifying for a World Cup. And if there's a player on the field that you think mentally isn't there, you know, physically, whatever, but mentally isn't there to be able to deliver on the moments that matter. You can, you know, center backs, you could go. We, we talk about this a lot with, with, with the two center backs that we've seen recently with Robinson and Zimmerman. And, Zimmerman. and, and more often than not, we talk about them in a positive regard the less we talk about them and their performances, right? Sure, sure. Where, okay, make the make the plays, big in the air, things like that, simple game. We don't have to talk about them. We're not talking about them constantly in other contexts, right? They're just doing their job. Right. But as a center back, if you shut off for one moment, which we've seen John Anthony Brooks do more than one occasion in this qualifying campaign, that and can with cost this club. you a result. And with, and with this club, that can cost you a result. And that result can cost you a World Cup. Things are very, very tight right now. And you need to know who you can trust and who you can't. It doesn't matter how good John Anthony Brooks might have been those other 89 or 88 minutes. If you are going to shut off for two minutes, that costs you points in World Cup qualifying. So I can totally understand the context around that and why people are mad about it because they're like, hey, but he was pretty good up until that point. And you're like, well, you're only as good as until those moments you make that sure. mistake, right? Sure. Um, and so, yeah. Listen, listen, I think that, I think you and I both agree that it's it's weird that John Anthony Brooks 
isn't being called in. And I think it's more than just form. I think there is more to it. And I think we will hear more as time goes on. I don't know if it's going to happen in this calendar year, but maybe afterwards when Jonathan Brooks is, knows he's done with the national team mm-hmm. and they'll be, be speaking freely. I feel like he wants to say something. He just hasn't. Well, Greg really, Berhalter like, also wants to all. press and he can't, he cannot press that high That's line. Fair. We've seen that in the past. No, no, like, no. We got one like a top and you know, you we start got, hearing we got that. Call, that's true. 18 wheeler starting to make those beeping sounds. Anytime he has <laughs> oh, to turn man. around and in fact back, oh, but man. like I, I respect him as a player, high quality player, but again, Within the context of again a system and those That's types like, of things, I get it. All of a sudden, you're going to get a DM on Instagram from from John Anthony Brooks, like Messi sending one to Jamie Carragher, calling you a donkey. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. Now, for everybody that wants to enter into our giveaway today, we're giving away a year long subscription to Paramount Plus. It's worth a hundred dollars. Make sure you leave a comment, but leave us your handle, your Twitter handle, your Instagram handle. That's the only way we know how to track you down. So I know we want you to comment in general, but also leave where we can get you. If you do end up winning so that producer Des can put you in the raffle, make sure that happens. We need 400 comments on this broadcast right now to make that happen. So make sure you hit like and subscribe while you're also leaving a comment. It's not also tell far. your friends game the system. Let's go. Do you not game want to the system? Like, let's go. Man. That's true. You could also like if you told your friend, then you guys could go watch it together at the house. And you like you've now built a sense of community around this gift card. Mm-hmm. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm just throwing that out there. So so, yes, I guess what I'm trying to tie into Heath. With regard to John Anthony Brooks's and whether I would have been okay with being a role player, I think Greg maybe asked him if that's what he wanted to be, and I'd, or maybe noticed that he's not a good role player, that he has mm-hmm. to either start or he can't be in the team. Because there are players that when they don't start, and you've been around it, everybody's been around it. If you've been a part of a team, there's always a couple that if they're not starting, they're like, and just talking shit the whole time. And that undermines maybe some players that are starting or undermines the coach. And you start to get some bad vibes in the locker room. And that's a no-go. I'm not saying that that's what John Anthony Brooks did. I have no idea. I'm just saying that that's a possibility. If you think that he can't be a role player, that's the type of stuff that could potentially happen. I don't know. I'm, I'm, By the again, way, go ahead. Can, I, can I just say that I've just literally spent, while we've been talking, I've been going team to team in my head around the league, trying to figure out who's been in high enough form or good enough form over the last months to be brought back in to the national team as a current player. And I'm really struggling from that 2018 uh, yeah, qualifying Bedoya, group. Or, or, I mean, Bedoya maybe, but he's not. You know, he's not the same player that he was uh, before. I mean, he was crucial. You know, he's captain and he's crucial for Philadelphia Union. But I don't know if he's at the international level anymore. Um, Jeff Cameron's not at the international level anymore. And, and maybe they, they, Omar Gonzalez. I mean, I'm just there's enough. Uh, the league is small enough that when you have guys that are in top form, you would you would know about. It. I think Bedoy had a great season. What about what about Darlington Nagby though? He's got the sauce. You could always he, bring him in. He he does have. the He sauce. did start I'm against Trinidad in that game. Yeah, man. I mean, if you, you go got, back you and watch Ari, some of the actually played. Yeah, Josie Bobby Wood. Yeah. If he could, but he can't, so he won't. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty uh, good. Noah uh, Costa is there. Zusi. I, you know what? I'd bring Ramondo out to compete with the goalkeepers. Bees, yeah. let's get to Marcus Beasley. Out I mean, there. why not? Uh, Brad Gazan, Wondolowski, Benny Falheiber, who's now coaching Sporting Kansas City's second team. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Jeff Cameron. Yeah, I, I, I mean, look, I I'm, 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 I'm really uh, unless it was a Brad Gazan, I can't really see anybody. And it's not a disrespect to the players, but we all sort of go past that point when you compare them to the players we have now. That would I mean, we're talking about warranting on some sort of arbitrary level warranting. I just don't know who that might be. I mean, no, that's true. Maybe Wondolowski because he can score goals. Um, you know, minus you know well, him retiring. Yeah, but no, like, I don't know. It's it's tough. I mean, I think that 
I think what you can do if you're Roberto Mancini and you bring in someone like Mario Balotelli, it's it's maybe a high risk in some capacity, but it's potentially high reward. Maybe it's a more of a low risk because he's a striker. You can put him on for 20 minutes and maybe that's the Wondolowski. Can... It's the gut. It's the gut feeling where you're yeah, like, it's the gut I, I feel like this it's... guy can do something in this given in this context. He can deliver for me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take my chance on that. But I think Balotelli can create his own goal. I don't think Wando can. He needs service to. He can once he gets some service, he can create his own space yeah. to make that that happen. Different types of creating, I guess, your own goal. Tim Reed? I don't know. I guess, I guess Josie Altidore would be. I mean, you have your center backs. I wouldn't necessarily need that. Yeah, but you have, now you have a good left-footed center back. That's true. I mean, Anthony if you Jones. thought you were going to have possession, and you will against El Salvador, they're going to drop off in a low block mm-hmm. and try to hit you on the counter. The counter, though, is where the speed could come into consideration. I don't know. This is a fun. Anybody have any thoughts on who this should this should be? I don't know if we getting... should be excited, by the way, or or sad that like we've had this giant no. gap or drop off from 2018. No, no, no. Uh, and I can't think of like not a drop off, but like. We've had a, the, the the end of a generation, and it's hard to 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 see who would who could or should still be part of this group. Yeah, no, it's. I think it's a good thing. You want to evolve from particular groups, but yeah, there is that middle class of players or like that one age gap. Did did you see that? Uh, and I'll get into this, and we'll move on to some transfer news. But did you see they did a study of of birth years and how many players per birth year were contributing to the U.S. Men's National Team? This happened a couple, eh, maybe a year or two ago, uh, and and. There were a couple every year. You had two or three players from every birth year that were contributing to the national team. And then when you went from like the two, no, it was like maybe 90 to 95. Mm-hmm. Those players, there was only one out of like yeah, five years. But that's the super oh. failure group, right? That was the lack of Olympics, U20 World Cups. Right, right, I mean, right. that was the post Josie Altador. I think he's at 89. And then you had the, the, the 90s it's go like through under 17 Jordan failures, Morris, 20 failures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's interesting. So yeah. so I feel like we're coming out of that. And it makes sense, though, that we're starting to emerge completely new in, in a lot of different ways with only a couple holdovers. All right, let's talk about Brian Reynolds, who I actually thought played pretty well against Serbia. Was it Serbia? Bosnia. We played Bosnia. Well, against mm-hmm. Bosnia in December in his limited minutes, but uh, making a move to go to Belgium. Uh, Kortrick, I think, is the way that you say that club. Maybe you know better than I do. But uh, for me, it's just important that he makes a move and goes to get some valuable minutes so he can learn how to be a better right back. And hopefully they put him in a position where he can take some strides and then get back to Roma in a more meaningful way. You happy with this move? So far, I mean, yeah, I, I like the fact that they're top half of a table team, uh, that they're in decent. This is a very dramatic photo, by the way. But it is. But so is like giving the it's uh, like a movie poster. at the Twilight's last gleaming. I mean, it's a solid <laughs> shout. Uh, now they're going to have to like put everything in uh, launch an English language account. But uh, I, I like this because of the fact that we have not seen Brian Reynolds play soccer. We have not. It, the, the 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 gift and the curse of FC Dallas is they have so many quality players. Texas is such a hotbed for talent. It's such a multicultural place. The development, the maturity of teams, even once the players get into the FC Dallas Academy, they're coming out of places where they've had good training. We see these players, and then they quickly move on. Justin Che, one season. And now he's off, off to Hoffenheim. You know, Brian Reynolds, a single season. Now he's off, uh, and then he was at Roma. Like, this will give him an opportunity. Maybe, you know, give or take a few more months than a, mm-hmm, than, mm-hmm, than a single mm-hmm. season. But you haven't really seen them round the corner. You're just seeing raw, untapped potential. You're seeing... Uh, what could be you're seeing that these guys are obviously pacey attack minded uh, fullbacks, things like that, that we're seeing come out of uh, uh, come out of this going back to the Reggie Cannon days. And we just haven't seen enough of him to, to know what kind of player he's going to be. Yeah, and so yeah. going somewhere, anywhere uh, that will challenge him 
I think is really, really important because he's still super young yeah. and he needs games. You know, the game is getting younger. Players are starting in the first teams at much younger ages now than yeah. they were before. You know, 29, 30 prime is now 28, 27. And so we need him playing games uh, to develop. And this is a crucial year for him that I'm glad it's better this than uh, potentially uh, a move that didn't make sense or having to sit on the bench or not even dress for Roma. What are your thoughts? No, I agree with you. I think it's important. I agree with everybody else in the chat who's saying it's a good move and and that Brian Reynolds is better than Brooks Lennon. I think Brooks Lennon has been called in maybe for a number of reasons, but I actually think he probably had a couple of good camps under Greg and Greg just wants to see a little bit more of him with a bigger group, with the more of the first team group. Honestly, any club whose manager isn't Jose Mourinho would have been a good move, says David Lamote. I appreciate that. But yes, he has to learn how to cut his teeth and and he has to get minutes. He has to develop that, that skill set. And in his position, he hasn't played a lot of right back, honestly. He didn't grow up playing right back. And I think we need to see more of it yeah. there. So I think it's a great move. Uh, I, I'm I'm excited for him to, to take another step. And he's only mm -hmm. 20, by the way. So it's not like he's 25. We can already throw in the towel. This guy's never going to make it. And yeah, and, and the, the window's passed for what? him to have an impact. He's only 20. Yeah. One of the other things I wanted to say about that is I hope he goes through the trials and tribulations of a player at a new club where he doesn't start some games because our best players now are coming through environments like uh, Weston McKinney, mm -hmm. like Tyler Adams, like Christian Pulisic, where every week they have to prove something and there is no you're the sure starter. In Major League Soccer, there's still a lack of depth to the point where if you're mm -hmm. a young talent mm -hmm. and there's potential there or you're good enough, you're going to start consistently, right? There's not a two in every position. And I hope he goes through that because that's what's making our players so good now is not how they're playing on the weekends. It's the fact that they're having to earn the right to play on the weekends. And I think that's making mm -hmm, them mm -hmm. mentally stronger, uh, physically better, tactically better. They're just they're developing at such a speed because they can't just let off. You can't just rest on your laurels. And when you're that young, you need to be in that type of environment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm I, I hope that's what what happens to them there. And it's not just like a, oh, you know, we're we're a smaller club and therefore you're gonna start every game and not feel the pressure. Cause then he's just gonna go back to Roma and find nothing again if he doesn't know how to compete and doesn't understand the opportunity that he's giving or, or what think, it takes to be good consistently. Don't you think he saw that though with Roma under Jose Mourinho? I mean, I'm sure there was some demands on him that, that, or do you feel like he didn't play well initially Mourinho got down on him and he could never get out of that cycle that I'm, this is not isolated to Mourinho. It happens to coaches all over the world. No, I, I, that's the thing, right? Is, is I think at places like that, you get your chance and then it's gone. At, at other uh, because he ha didn't have that ability to compete for that spot. What, what I'm talking about with those other players is that they're proving something consistently that they hit a dip in form. The coach says, you know what? I'm going to put them on the bench and you earn your right back to play again. Mm -hmm. But you're not out of the plans. You're not gone. You're not forgotten. You're competing for a spot. And I think not that anybody ever wants to go through that for their whole career. And most don't because you establish yourself at a certain point or you move mm -hmm. to another mm -hmm. club. But to, to go through that at certain points in your career sort of wakes you up to, to what it takes to, to be better than the person next to you, yeah. to know that you're always chasing somebody and somebody's always chasing you, especially if you have ambition to go beyond the club that you're at to a bigger club. I think one of the things that was hard for me to tackle when I was a young player, and I feel like got a better grip of it as I got older, was when you're not playing well and you know you're not playing well, how do you find confidence when you're not feeling confident? And that is... Part of the journey, I think, of becoming a professional player, how to still have success. We talked about it with Ricardo Pepe, right? Even when he's not scoring, he's still doing those little things that matter to the team. And the coaches and other players and their teammates appreciate. They're digging stuff out of the corner. They're pressing. They're forcing the play to one side. They're making everything predictable behind them. They're, they're doing all the little things that are necessary 
which acknowledges, yeah, I might not be having my best game, but that's never going to stop, which actually allows me to transition into Brendan Aronson, who has a lot of the same qualities and has said as much publicly that even when he's not playing well, it's okay. He knows that it's going to be part of it. He can't play as well as he'd like all the time, but he, he still has control over all the little things that do make a difference and hopefully tipping your team to getting the victory. Now, Brendan Aronson's being linked to Leeds. Uh, RB Salzburg obviously rates him very highly, and they're saying that, or at least it's being reported that maybe Leeds isn't matching the demands or the salary demands of not necessarily of the player, but but of what Salzburg wants for him. Now, again, we talked about this briefly, but I want to get your thoughts because it sounds like these these talks are still ongoing with regard to Brendan Aronson. I want him to stay at Salzburg. I want him to get that knockout round Champions League experience. He's not going to get that at Leeds in, in the near future. And Leeds are really under the gun right now with regard to pressure and, and yeah. the relegation fight and the scrap there. They lost to Newcastle. I mean, that's going to put them under a ton of pressure. Congrats, so, by the way. Yeah, thank you very much. I'll take it. But But I will say that I want him to just see out the season with RB Salzburg. Then he can evaluate where leads really are and what the future looks like. Bielsa might not even be there. So you might get signed by one. And if they get relegated, is Bielsa going to stay? There's no guarantee of that. He has a track record of bouncing when he's not feeling comfortable anymore. So that would be making it a little bit more uncomfortable for him. I think he's going to succeed no matter where he goes. But what are your thoughts on Brendan Aronson and his move to Leeds? Do you think he should go now or do you think he should wait? Man, that's it's it's such a hard. I mean, I want him to stay at 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 Salzburg for the same reasons that you already mentioned. I do like, in theory, how he fits into Leeds in the style of play there, right? The chaos that he has. Again, we talked about it. He he, he reminds me similarly to that sort of route one type of player that that Jack Harrison is. A little bit more in the pockets and spaces. I think he's comfortable than than Jack Harrison is more on the touchline, sort of running the wide spaces. But I like that high energy, uh, chaotic football that Leeds do play now. Do I think that's great for his next steps of his career? No, but I would definitely watch him every time he played at Leeds because it's fun to watch. It's dramatic. It's it's high scoring. They're they're Atalanta esque uh, in the Premier League in terms of their just wide openness of, of willing to just score more goals than the other team. That worked last year to great mm-hmm, effect. Mm-hmm. This year, not so much. Now they're in a relegation battle. And I think the biggest indicator for me is if he went there uh, again, the manager situation. You can quickly find yourself out of favor. I think, like you said, he'll be fine everywhere because he has that mentality to succeed. But you lose a couple years grinding for attention over a new manager or carousel of managers. You can lose a lot of time in in your development. And by the way, with regard to that transfer fee, uh, Philadelphia Union still hold a sell-on fee. And so I'm I'm guessing some of that is breaking up into wanting enough money for if you're RB Salzburg to cover cover your nut, Mm -hmm. but also Mm -hmm. knowing that you're having to kick money down the way to to uh, Philadelphia Union. They're structuring most of their deals to say, hey, we'll, we'll sell you for cheaper, but we want a, a piece of the next pie because we believe in you. And so, yeah, I think I think uh, overall uh, staying is the better option. I think some, moving in the summer is always better than the winter. Um, but it's, you know, if you're here and in your his age, you're going to get a, of I mean, the Premier League. You're talking about making a few hundred thousand uh, a year to being a millionaire immediately, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's a, a very attractive for for a player. I'm not saying he's he's thinking, but about he can money. he can have but that in the summer and still make history with RB Salzburg, who just yeah. got into the knockout rounds for the first time. In yeah, the Ramirez says, bro, Salzburg's only going to last two more matches in the Champions League, Jimmy. So. Bro. What's the difference between group stages and knockout he, rounds? Well, then he'll never get to say if he goes to Leeds. I don't think he'll ever get to say he's going to play in the knockout rounds of the Champions. So when he's so. old like us and has a podcast later on, and he can do the humble brag of the "I remember exactly. when," he can say, "Well, I remember the first time I was in the knockout rounds of the Champions League," and then exactly. he'll get to use it in a story. It's worth That's it. a super flex. Yeah, it's a super flex. All right, everybody. If you want to be a part of this competition, we are doing a giveaway for a Paramount Plus subscription for one year. But you got to drop your Twitter or Instagram handle in the chat. 
to be eligible to win. So make that happen right now. We need 400 comments in total. I bet you we're going to get there. That's not going to be the hard part. The hard part is making sure we have your information. So make sure you leave your Instagram or Twitter handle so you're entered to win. Producer Des is stockpiling all those. We'll have a raffle. We're going to give away or announce the winner on Thursday, our live recap of what we saw in the U.S. El Salvador game. Hopefully it's 3 nothing, and we have nothing to get all crazy about. But you never know. El Salvador helped us 2-0-0 the first time around. All right, we're going to take a quick break, but when we return, we're not going to just talk about the game against El Salvador, not the first one. We're going to have a special preview that's going to be dropping here in the next day or two for that game in particular. No, what we're going to do is we're going to really look at the whole window as a whole and the 28-man roster, and we can nitpick a little bit there. Of course, we want your nitpicking opinions as well, so don't go anywhere. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, everybody. Welcome back to U.S. Men's National Team Hour here. The Golasso Podcast presents the best U.S. Men's National Team show on the Internet. I'm Jimmy Conrad alongside Heath Pierce, two of your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team players. Now, as I just mentioned, for those of you joining, we got a $100 Paramount Plus subscription to give away. The gift card is going nowhere, though, unless we can get the 400 live comments during the broadcast, and only subscribers can comment on this video. So if you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe, like the video, and importantly, get busy in the live chat to make that happen, and leave your Twitter or Instagram handle to enter. Now, for the next week and, I don't know, a couple extra days, Kegelasso is your home for all things concerning the Ocho, the octagonal here, CONCACAF World Cup qualifying. So keep your eyes and ears peeled on the Kegelasso podcast and the YouTube channel for analysis, opinion, previews, recaps, and breaking news. Tomorrow, we're going to be previewing the U.S. Men's National Team game in more detail versus El Salvador and the rest of Thursday's CONCACAF World Cup qualifiers alongside friend of the show, Viso Vasquez. So make sure you're following Kegelasso on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I love Viso. All right, Keith, let's get into it. 
28 players on this roster, 13 of them are MLS players. How do you assess those 13 MLS players and where they are maybe form-wise? It's tough, man. I mean, again, this goes back to the fact that if you're Greg Berhalter looking at that that Bosnia game, you can sort of see why he put the team out that he did. He knew the importance of that. And again, you and I both disagree of like connecting uh, a month in between in between games isn't that important. But if it's all you got, is it better than nothing? Probably because you got 13 of your players on the roster who've been out of season, some of which have been out of season for a long time. And so I think that was the one match that they could get in that in that period. But so, but 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 we we I think based on our our lineup predictions, we only mm-hmm. think two of them are center backs. Zimmerman and, and Miles Robinson are the ones that will most likely start. Everybody else of those MLS players, I don't think will be starting. Maybe the second game potentially, if he depends on how many changes he makes, if any. I feel like we yeah. should roll out our best team every single game. But yeah, I mean. Yeah, looking looking at this roster though, there there might be an argument to play Chris Richards, knowing that he's probably the most informed because he's playing, right? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, when I look across the board, you're right. There's only two players that are gonna gonna be in that in the team, and I and I hope that's the case because I'm looking at form and the fact that like I was really worried a month ago about Yunus Musa. He's now put together three consecutive games scored against what was it Real Madrid um, or Atletico Madrid, one of the two, uh, Atletico mm-hmm. Madrid, right, where they ended up uh, losing three yeah, two in the final moments. Yeah, that's right. Um, and and I'm happy about that because he's had games. Otherwise, we would have been looking differently, right? We would have looking, been looking potentially at Christian Roldan playing or Sebastian Legette or Kellen Acosta uh, or your ML, you know, relying heavily on more heavily on your MLS players who maybe are just in a better shape because of the training camp that they've been in than sitting on a bench. I don't know if that's actually factual or not, but uh, yeah, I think the, the 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 13 players will be judged on on their ability to contribute when they come on the field. I don't know. What, what What's your thought? Well, well, I think about this. I mean, Zach Steffen hasn't played a meaningful game since December 7th, which was a 2-1 loss to RB Leipzig last group stage game of the Champions League. So it's not like, you know, even if we are relying on a few Euro, you know, European-based guys, it's not like they're all playing 90 minutes week in and week out. So that's something of interest. I would say uh, Brendan Aronson, RB Salzburg, hasn't played in a while either. They, they've taken their winter break. So, you know, he hasn't necessarily gotten a, like a ton of games in a row. And some of the guys that have, I mean, I guess Weston McKinney would be the one that really stands out in terms of getting really meaningful minutes week in and week out, maybe two or three games a week. He could be a little bit tired, you know, but uh, I don't know. It's interesting. And I think that you, what I find fascinating about the whole process for any national team manager is getting all these guys at different phases not only of of what based on their league, but also their emotional state and, and where they're traveling from and are they playing a lot, or are they not, and how you try to bridge all that and get everybody on the same page as quickly as possible. Now, this team looks like they've got great chemistry, and I love that about our team, and I think it shows out on the field. Yeah, and the getting second that half, right. Yeah, really great important. chemistry in the second half when they're behind and they're ready to step <laughs> on fight everybody. Uh, I mean, in, in, all, in all honesty, the, you know, it takes them a while to wake up. But I don't, I don't envy Greg Berhalter at all in this situation uh, and, and because of the fact that, like you said, there are so many different phases. We're not used to there being three games in a January one weather wise, yeah, but two, you're talking about winter breaks. You're talking about players coming in season, out of season, in breaks, out of breaks, you know, all those types of things you're having to put together your 11 on the field. And you've got maybe four guys that are playing regularly right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and you're, you're talking about maybe Ricardo Pepe, who's gotten a couple games now. Eunice Musa, Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney. But besides that, I mean, your back line, your, your, your defenders, it doesn't seem like there's anybody else out there that, that 
you know, it's kind of scary, but I, I, I'm, I'm assuming that anybody who has, uh, has a mix of players from all the different leagues is going through the same thing or any national team uh, in CONCACAF is going through it, but it's certainly not an easy, an easy puzzle to put together. So Zach Steffen, given his lack of games, and we could argue Matt Turner hasn't had any either. I mean, he's your, he's your number one for sure. Are you, or let me say it like this. I think for game one, he probably is, but are you going to roll out Zach Steffen all three games? Or are you going to give Matt Turner a, a shot here at one of these three? That's a good question. I mean, it just seems like Greg Berhalter has decided that Zach Steffen is his number one. Mm -hmm. And when you decide that Zach Steffen is your number one and he's a player that doesn't start for his team and doesn't play games consistently, I think you eliminate uh, the argument of him not playing, right? You believe mm -hmm. that he's going to step up if he's healthy and fit. He will step up and rise to the occasion. I think it would be a bit bizarre to now decide because his last game was December 7th that he's not your starter anymore. I think that's a weird, a we. I mean, Greg Berhalter's done a lot of bizarre things with with these rosters and these squads and 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 the amount of players playing, the rotations of things, and you know, it's not easy. But he's done stuff that that I've been like, whoa, okay, I didn't expect that a number of times. And so, but with regard to Stefan, it just seems like that's that's the one that he's he sort of made the decision on until further notice, and it wasn't contingent on whether or not he was getting games. So uh, I, I think he I think he probably goes all three unless there's somewhere in there to make the rotation. But, uh, you know, if you get six points out of your first two, maybe you play uh, Turner in the third. I don't know. Okay, so so humor me this, because this is the same window we had in the first qualifying window where we played, a, except it's the opposite location. So we we play El Salvador. Last time it was away, it was 0-0 draw. Then we, come, we went home and played Canada 1-1, right? We were up 1-0. Brendan Aronson did some really good work there to recognize a bad throw-in. Stole the ball, really the catalyst for that whole goal and ended up finishing it off. We give up a bad goal on that one. We're a little bit switched off. And and John Anthony Brooks, I think that was potentially the nail in his coffin for his national team career, at least under Greg Berhalter. And, and then we go down to Honduras and we're down 1-0. And we came back and after he made a ton of changes, Greg Berhalter, and, the, and he kind of acknowledged that maybe he didn't start the right guys down in Honduras in San Pedro Sula. He makes some changes at halftime, and bang, bang, bang. Anthony Robinson, in particular, scores the first one, and we score four goals. And that half is the half we remember most because we played so well in that half. Maybe the best half we've seen. It was seen also the off-with-his-head moment for Greg It was. Walter. It really was. It had it gone a different direction. We lose that one. We might be talking about a different person leading, leading the team at the particular moment. I think that's how perilous it was in that particular moment. Now, do you think, and I think one of the things that I want you to talk about overall We've learned now, we've had two windows where we had three games in eight days. The last mm -hmm. one, we only had two games and that felt more comfortable and we, we did pretty well in both. But it was a tough game in Jamaica, it always is. Do you now stick with the same lineup, your best lineup? Because it always felt like we made some wholesale changes from game one to game two and then kind of made the, the, the team then game three very similar to kind of a mix of two and one. And it never felt like we could build any continuity or consistency in the lineup. Do you think Greg just says, listen, we just need probably, what, 10 points to qualify now so we can get seven in this window and just need a win? We still have our three hardest mm -hmm. games left. Away to Costa Rica, away to Mexico, and away to Canada. Those are our three oh, yeah, hardest you, away yeah. games. And, and we only have three home games left. It's it's Panama, it's Honduras, and El Salvador. Like, you can't, we can't dick around anymore. I can understand the beginning of the window. You're trying to mix lineups and you're hoping for the best. I don't want to hope for the best anymore. I want to put our best guys out there. Do you expect Greg to do that? And how do you think he'll continue through the rest of the eight days? Yeah, I mean, this is this is what's unique, Jimmy, is when you look at the rest or the remainder, remaining games in World Cup qualifying for the U.S. men's national team, you mentioned the, the, the three hardest games. 
But you don't want to go into your final window having to play Costa Rica away. Yes. Very hard regardless. Costa Rica could put 11 cones on, on that field, and they would be very hard to play against down in Costa Rica. Mexico away. And then you've got Panama at home. You like your chances there. If you need three points, great. I, I still think the U.S. gets more than three points out of those three games, but I don't want to leave it to the final three Same. games. We saw the horrors of, oh. you know, U.S. couldn't get a result in 2018. Completely different team. Don't want to compare it, but you are seeing that any given Sunday, things like that can happen. And so you have to look at this window and say, I, I might take more risk than I did before in terms of uh, minutes placed on players. You're also talking about two home games and an away game, all three of which are going to be pretty minimal travel between them. So I think it's less distance covered going to Canada, Hamilton, going to, to Columbus, going to Minnesota, pretty light travel, right? So I think you have the argument to say, I'm going to play a more consistent lineup, at least for the first two, and maybe your third, but I would love to see six or seven players, whether it's up the spine or otherwise, play every single one of these games, knowing that it's a very tight window. It's a tight turnaround. Players have a, a mix of uh, minutes or not, you know, in terms of their health mm-hmm, and fitness. Mm-hmm. But I would just love to see that consistency so we can see this team build. We're talking about MMA now because we've gotten enough looks out of them to say, hey, they should start every game. Mm-hmm. When I think about the fact that if you did MMA in the game one and then you put in um, uh, Kellen Acosta for the, for the second match, I go, okay, now I've just lost the rhythm of how we're going to break down this Canada team. I get it how we're going to fight with the Canada team and how we're going to match up, uh, right. you know, covering ground. But now we've lost our ability to play a little bit uh, with Kellen Acosta just because he doesn't have the same rhythm as MMA do in the midfield. And so when I think about all of that, I'm like, hedge your bets. You know, I, I, I was critical of all the rotations earlier on. I would be critical again. But this is the one where you're like, man, let's go for these points. You know, let's not get desperate, mm-hmm. let's, but let's go for these points. And let's, let's at least keep six or seven players in the starting lineup uh, game after game after game to play those three. Travel is minimal. Yes, it's inclement weather, but let's just go for it. So we set ourselves up for that final round, not needing to go away from home and say we got to get, we got to at least win one of the two or both of those even. Yeah, I, I, I think we're on the same page, and and I don't want to wait till the last window to to scrape out a result. It's going to be very difficult. Mexico, Mexico is going to be a little desperate, I think, at that point too, right? Everybody's just going to like let's just both get in at this point. And, and well, I mean, obviously, if we had an opportunity to knock them out, I'm oh, sure Jimmy, we here's, here's a good, here, here's a good pivot for you. But uh, are any of the players in, in uh, yellow card danger? Uh, I think it was David that just made a comment about if there's uh, suspensions or something like that, that could change the dynamic of things or, or force you to be a little more conservative. If you need those points, you know, now it's a little bit of a tactical reasons on how you rest players or keep them in, keep them out and blah, 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 blah. Um, I'm not sure who's in, um, Okay, Tyler yeah, Adams, yeah, Zach, Tyler Stephan, Adams Zach Stefan, and DeAndre Yedlin are all carrying cautions. Another yellow card for any will result in a one-match suspension. Okay, so maybe you... I don't know about Zach Stefan. I'm sure he's going to be smart about that as a goalkeeper. Yeah. But you never know in-game in what could happen, whether it's a foul or a penalty, God forbid. But like those types of things do happen. Um, but uh, Tyler Adams is another one where you're like, okay, if not him, then 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 are you naturally just putting in um, your right. your... Your next, uh, your next in line in Kellen Acosta. I mean, what do you want to see, Jimmy, from from those three games? Do you want to see consistency? I do, I do, and I, I, mean, don't I know want... you do. But tell me, like, do you do, like how much is consistency for you? Well, I, I'm just excited that Thomas Tuchel is clearly a U.S. Men's National Team fan. He rested uh, <laughs> ahead of this like big window. Tyler <laughs> Adamson, star for RB Leipzig. I, I really appreciate it. Maxi Allegri. Clearly doesn't care about the U.S. men's national team. Keeps rolling out McKinney game after game after game. No, jokes aside, I, I don't want to see too much. As some people are 
are saying in the chat, uh, you know, we got to see McKinney and Adams every single game. I, obviously, that let, raises the risk of uh, Tyler Adams is going to get a yellow at some point. And you're kind of like, hey, man, maybe just get it against Canada. I think we can handle Honduras without you kind of thing. I don't know. That's, that's Okay, which one, do you want him, which one do you want him? Uh, uh, you I know? would say the Honduras game. If, if he picked up a yellow in Canada, I wouldn't be sad about it. I don't want him to miss any of the games in the last window. I don't want him to miss away to Costa Rica or home to Panama or away to, away to Mexico. I don't you think don't think afford. having Tyler Adams against Honduras is more important than having Tyler Adams against Canada away? Well, no, I want him to be a, a, there for Canada away. Unless you think we're going to sit back, and then at that point, you know, I'm not saying in, anybody's a cone in that. But point, are, are but you finding that we're going to, in Hamilton, Ontario, we're going to build up and build through, like in a way that MMA do together? Or would you rather have Kellen Acosta in that place uh, to be able to to be able to fight and scrap out, which he's very capable of and very well, good so at. What are, you, are you saying that you want Greg to tell Tyler to get a yellow card against El Salvador so he misses the Canada game? I'm just I'm just looking to bet on I'm looking to bet on one of these, you know, and I just <laughs> want to know which one you think I should what, bet are, on. No uh, one, no yellow. What a surprise! An Arsenal fan <laughs> who just had an Arsenal player accused of uh, getting yellow. I'm, I'm looking to place a small wager on a player that's going to get a yellow card <laughs> some point in the window to get a suspension, and I just need you to tell me which one I, that is. I would for me. say that that. I mean, obviously, Tyler Adams is going to try to play in every single game. That's his mentality. But it's all, his mentality is also to run 100 miles an hour all the time and be there and covering so much ground. I don't know. I, I don't think I think his presence in Canada would be felt if we if he wasn't there, if he wasn't on the field. Yeah, I do think that he yeah, we might not be building up the same way when it's snowy and cold. But but he has that he's an emotional engine for us. Mm -hmm. and, and I think he's a leader in tough, tough moments. And not to say that Kellen Acosta doesn't have that. But I think Tyler Adams just demonstrates it a little bit more consistently and, and frequently. I wouldn't make too many changes at all, man. At this point, it might be a battle of attrition. You might get some club coaches that are pissed. But I would try to roll out the same team. Pissed uh, what? For, for, Those guys aren't playing in Europe. So just no, well, some like, of them are. I mean, you, know? you got you got McKinney, McKinney, you got you got you know, Anthony Robinson, you got uh, you know, a couple of guys, maybe. I mean, that's pretty much it, maybe. Those are the only yeah. two. Ricardo Pepe might be one, Brendan Aronson could be another. Christian Pulisic in and out of the lineup, not even playing in his best spot when he does play all the time. So yeah, I guess there'd only be a few coaches that would be pissed, but I would try to roll out. I would make very minimal changes. I would maybe yeah. make one or two changes a game, not this big six or seven. That okay, we so saw you're in other like eight, you're talking about eight or nine, uh, like eight or nine same starters all the way through. Yes, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Also, I just want to say for the record, there's not that many handles from everybody, Instagram or Twitter in the chat. Like, do you guys not want to win a free hundred dollar Paramount Plus gift subscription for a year so you can see all the best games and leagues from around the world? You guys too good for free streaming? Is this what is this what you're telling us? By the way, Jimmy. One of the things that I love most about this $100 gift card is the way that you get to spend it your way, right? You have the premium subscriptions on there. You have the, the ad subscriptions. You can make it last, you know, it's like a, it's like a lifetime supply. You get a coupon and you can spend all these uh, uh, credits as you will. If you want the premium one, it lasts a certain amount of time. If you want it the, the cheapest option on Paramount Plus, you can last longer. I just don't understand what people don't understand about I don't that. Know. Why I don't, don't know. Have, are people don't have handles? Um, what about, what, what about the, just their, uh, I don't know. Yeah, YouTube drop your handle. email in the chat. <laughs> drop your phone number. In the chat. You know what? Yeah. Drop your social security number, your credit card number in the chat. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. But uh, I appreciate you, Heath. That was some good insight and a good way of looking at it. So hopefully you guys are dropping handles in the chat so you have a chance to win a Paramount Plus gift subscription for a year. $100 worth. That is amazing. All right, Heath, let's move this conversation along just a little bit. Let's talk about the number nine. Do you think that Ricardo Pepe is he's locked and loaded? Now, Josh Sargent came alive. 
too little too late, I think. I think that, that the roster's announced privately about a week, I'd say, or three or four days before any of the games that happen or, or whatever it may be. So maybe he was pissed and scored a couple of good goals. Fair play to Josh Sargent. And I do think he has value to the U.S. men's national team moving forward 100%. But do you think that Ricardo Pepe is going to be the guy? And would you roll him out all three games? Or or because Team Away hasn't been playing much, right? He's just getting back mm-hmm. into form. It's good to see that he's been playing uh, a little bit more for Lille and got the start most recently. Uh, Jesus Ferreira, part of the MLS contingent, maybe not as sharp as we'd like him to be. At least Pepe's out there getting reps. Uh, watching Augsburg to give up goals and give up more goals and give up more goals, which must be very frustrating for him. But uh, what are your thoughts on the number nine? And and maybe without having Sargent or Jordan Pifok also summoned to the team, or do you, do you, do you, would you consider a false nine? Because Christian Pulisic plays it for no. Chelsea. No, I mean, I, I, I would basically work it through and saying, uh, Ricardo Pepe at home, give me him every single game, right? You got two home games. Play Ricardo Pepe for as long as you can because he is going to be the one that scores your goals for you in those moments. Now, Jossie Zardes, I think, comes on late and provides some opportunities in front of goal. Mm-hmm. I think Jossie Zardes against Canada would be good to battle and scrap out for, for moments like that. If you're, go- if you're not going to have Ricardo Pepe play all three, I would say that that's the one where you could slot in... Um, mm-hmm. Jossie Zardes, I know the internet's going to kill me for, for slotting Jossie Zardes anywhere into the national team fold, but I think he does play a role within all of that stuff when you're looking at the players that got called in. I'm looking at the this this roster now. Uh, outside of that, you know, so, I don't so think... Can I, wait, Wade, I'm going to cut it quick on this Jossie Zardes comment because I think it's important. Yeah. When we get on the internet, it's very easy to pile on the players that you don't like, that you, that you don't care for, and, and that's the easy narrative, right? The low-hanging fruit. But at some point... Everybody has to accept the fact that the roster is the roster. And and I actually would would really appreciate some reasonable balance takes of, okay, you might not agree with the roster, but Did okay. You just this, say reasonably balanced takes on the internet. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. The internet, that doesn't actually okay. Those two it's yeah, those two things don't go together. <laughs> but 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 I just want to say that it would be fun to see some like, okay, I don't agree with this, but if we are going to use Jesse's artist, this is how I would utilize him. Mm-hmm. I want to see more of that. Um, uh, because I okay. We could spend 10 minutes on why Jossie Zardes and this and that and the other, but it doesn't change the fact that he's on the roster. So if he does get in the game... And he's the only other national number nine. Right, and how then how do you want to utilize him? I want to see that that kind of next step in the conversation to happen online. Probably won't happen because everybody just wants to... Who can shout the loudest, but... Yeah. And, and that's what gets all the likes and, and you know, whatever. But but I just, I just kind of curious, you know, with regard to Zardes, I appreciate you coming in and saying, well, if he does play, this is how we should utilize him. And he could be very serviceable against Canada. And I think there could be, once we get past the fact that he's on the roster and everybody's just got to relax, he's on there. Maybe he could start the game or maybe come on with 15 minutes left and be a pain in the ass for Canada, which which I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Yeah, and, and again, I like him last 15, 20 minutes. He's got that u- utility workhorse mentality where he can scrap out some goals for this team. It's a role that I would love to see Daryl DK play or mm-hmm. Jordan Pifok play. But if they're not being called in, then the next one needs to play that role because I don't want Ricardo Pepe to play that role. I want Ricardo Pepe to start in your team, be part of the buildup, do all the little things that make the team, bring the team, bring players into the game, make players around them better, and then all ultimately get back to his scoring ways in front of goal. I think you do that best when you're at home and you're controlling the flow of the play. You're mm-hmm. dictating the game a little bit. Canada, I think, is going to be a different type of, of beast. And Jimmy, go back to our 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 generation, right? And I'm not sure what yours was with 20, 2006, but at least the 2010 one when, when we were in together, you had a lot of Brian Ching. You had a lot of Connor Casey. You had a lot of these guys that weren't going to ever be your starter in the national team, but they were against certain opponents where you mm-hmm. needed somebody to occupy the center backs or scrap or fight or battle, draw mm-hmm. fouls, do all those little tiny things that make the biggest difference over 90 minutes that give your team relief if you're defending for long periods. 
that's where a Jossie's artist could fit in. Now we can talk about his first touch and you know, his, his technical abilities and all these types of things all day long, but he still serves a purpose in certain circumstances better than the other players that we have as options in this camp. Yeah, that, that's fair. And I appreciate that insight. And so to a couple people's comments, and I appreciate uh, the chat coming alive with regard to this particular topic. Well, let's say Ricardo Pepe doesn't play well against El Salvador. Let's just, let's just hypothetically say we, we know he's going to score a brace, but let's just say he doesn't. Would you consider Jordan Morris potentially at, at, at a number nine spot and having maybe Aronson and Pulisic off of his shoulders or, or, because I feel like he's what got, at least he's got the size. When I think if we throw a Pulisic up there, yes, he can run in behind. He can be very dangerous there. But we know that that's not Christian Pulisic's best spot. He's better when he picks up the ball and can run at back the back line and create space there and draw defenders over, which opens up space for others. That's where he's at his best, especially on the left side, cutting into his right. But Jordan Morris, it's not like he hasn't played the position before, and he's got the body to, to bang with the, the, the center backs, right? He's a big boy. And, and I know he's not an out-and-out out number nine, but would you consider him there? No, I mean, if there was some fluidity to the movement up there where him and Pulisic could rotate based on where they are on the field, where sometimes Jordan Morris finds himself wide on the touchlines trying to drive inside and, and Brendan Aronson, same thing. And then, you know, uh, Christian Pulisic is able to play that false nine from time to time. I'd be okay with that. Mm -hmm. I would, if you were going to do that though, I'd rather have Jesus Ferreira in that position probably as a false nine. Yeah. Um, seems a little bit more comfortable in and around those spaces. Jordan Morris is good, but he's still best when he's facing the field. Sure. Um, not always best when he's got his back to the game um, and, and players are around him. He's best when he gets it wide open and he's running at players and right. running off and running into space and things like that. And so That's I don't fair. know if I'd love that. I think on paper I would love that. I think I probably dreamed of that multiple times when I saw Jordan Morris coming up as a young player going like, wow, this guy could be a nine. Uh, hasn't worked out that way mm -hmm. um, necessarily. So I'd rather not uh, at, at I just haven't seen enough of a of a sample size to ever believe that would be a, a solution more than maybe a few minutes of a game to close out a game or something like that. What about you? Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on Jordan Morris. I think Jesus Ferreira has already demonstrated in the last qualifying window that when we do bring him in and maybe he plays either underneath Ricardo Pepe or steps up himself and finds himself in the box, he's not uncomfortable and, and that he is looking to hold up the play and maybe even look to combine a little bit more than, than trying to shoot, especially when he plays for the national team. Maybe with when he's with SC Dallas, He'll take on more of that responsibility, knowing that he probably needs to be more of the guy to create more of the scoring opportunities. But the national team, I think he can pick his spots. And I'm sure that's that's fun, that he can be a little bit more unpredictable in the attack. So I like the Ferrer shout a lot. Uh, let's move down to the, the midfield, though. Luca De La Torre is back in from Heracles. Uh, 19 games mm -hmm. so far in the Eredivisie. They play Ajax in Amsterdam right after the international break. So obviously very excited to see him perform there. He doesn't have any goals or an assist. He doesn't have any goals or assists in the Eredivisie in 19 games. He's clearly a guy that can keep possession, can unlock things. He's kind of more probably the hockey assist kind of guy, right? He, yeah. He's the one that does the, the you know, three or four passes from one that ultimately where the goal scored. So he's unlocking a lot of things. I like his inclusion. I hope he gets a look. I don't know when and where he's going to get that if we really want to see MMA in the midfield, but maybe there is a game. Do you, do you see there any time here for Luca De La Torre based on what he gives? And also I should throw out there for people that don't know, Gianluca Bustio, who'd been playing pretty regularly for Venezia is out with COVID. So there's no like a form choice here. He just is not, uh, he's injured right now and didn't pass any COVID protocols to be involved, which I think gave De La Torre the opportunity. Not that they're similar players, but they have some similar qualities. Yeah. Uh, I, I, do you think De La Torre is going to see any minutes? Cause there's a big clamoring for him on yeah. social media. I, I think that the option comes down to does Greg go with Sebastian Legette, who he's comfortable with, 
or know that the future lies in Abusio, who's not in, mm-hmm. or De La Torre. And I think De La Torre is the one where you want to put into those last minutes that can help control the flow of the game, close out games, scrap, do some of that dirty work in terms of keeping the ball, right? Sometimes you need, I think about uh, Gringo Torres when he was with the national team, mm-hmm, and doing mm-hmm, those little mm-hmm. things of like, relieving pressure by hold-up play, spinning, you know, changing the point of attack, those types of things where it's like really rhythmic and takes a level of confidence and technical ability to be able to come in these situations and know that someone's going to come right up your backside and you're going to have to spin out or you have to do these little things that keep the ball for your team. And I think that's what you can get out of him in this one. And I think Greg's willingness to give him that shot in the quarter of an hour or 10 minutes or those things I think will be while it won't be enough for us to be satisfied to know what kind of player De La Torre is, I think it could be enough to satisfy this idea that, oh, I can trust this guy now. And maybe you're phasing out Legit at that point, which, you know, he's been a fantastic yeah, part happen. of it, but yeah, but, yeah. but it, it it's it's giving him another option to say, oh, I've got a younger player with more upside, technical ability that can do the same things um, better and has more of, a, more of a future, is playing at a higher level at a higher club or blah, 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 whatever the reasons are. I think he gets those reasons um, if you can give him those 10, 15 minutes because I think, Sebastian Legette is one that I think is a, is on the bubble right now. And if one of these players can step up, like a De La Torre when given the opportunity, or a Busio if he comes back in, that could be the one. You know, We're talking about 28 players, Jimmy, down to 23. And that seems like, oh, it's only five. But that's a lot of players that aren't going to make the World Cup from this group. If you look down this roster, there's very few of them that you would go like, yeah, of course not. They're not going to make it. You know, they're, they're all in contention right now. No, I think Derp actually makes a good comment about how he doesn't think Moose is a 90-minute guy. And he played 88 minutes this weekend against Atletico Madrid. And yeah, when he get, left out, the field, get off of him. Get off well, of him. He played 88 minutes. And, and when he left the field, Valencia were up 2-1. And by the end of the game, it was 3-2 in favor of Atleti. Coincidence? I think yeah. not, Derp, beat, and everybody he beat, watching. He, he won against Atleti. He probably got that win bonus. <laughs> exactly, else had exactly. to give up. So when he stepped off the field, he was a winner. But his team ended up losing the game. So, yes, I think I think there is some truth to that. Musa hasn't played 90 minutes regularly. It's nice to see Bordalas, the manager of Valencia, giving him more minutes, trusting him more. And I think that's only going to give him more confidence. Just like we've seen with Allegri and McKinney. When you trust these types of players, they go out there and they start to perform, knowing that they have some room to make mistakes. If you feel like you have to go out there and be perfect every single time, you're never going to see the true potential of a player. you got to give them room to breathe. And I hope that the same thing starts to happen with Yunus Musa, who is only 19 years old, which is crazy. Also, I want to give a shout-out to Dan Kane and Mohamed Wasi, who have been by far the busiest people in the live chat to make sure that one of you lucky viewers gets to win the $100 subscription gift card to Paramount+. Let's go. We need to get over 400 comments. And if you want to enter into this competition, leave your Instagram or Twitter handle in the chat so Producer Des can swoop it up, put you in the raffle, and then you have a chance to win. We wish you the best of luck with that. And we thank Paramount Plus for giving this opportunity. We have a lot of giveaways coming up this week. So this is oh, just yeah. one of many. I just wanted to throw that out there. We're just teasing it. We're teasing it. But we got one, and the, the winner's going to be announced on Thursday in our live recap after the U.S. El Salvador game. All right, so we've kind of talked about pretty much every line. And I don't want to make too many changes through through the lineup throughout. So, Keith, give me what you think your best 11 would be Nope. And and nope. for not gonna maybe, do it. Not, gonna, not gonna, do gonna do it. it? No, no, you gotta watch the preview if you want my best eleven. But you mean, want it now, or do you want the preview? Well, no, well, I think you tell well, me. I think well, there's one for specific games. Oh, I kind of want to know if if you started some one team against El Salvador, what changes would you make over the next few games? Okay. Uh um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, 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 maybe give me your 15 players that you think we're gonna trust in this in this window. Or who how many players do you think we're gonna use in, in this? Wow. I mean, geez. Uh, I know it's heart, a big my, question. My heart or my head. It is, it is a big question. Um, 
I think we'll use two goalkeepers. No, man, that's a tough one. I think we'll use two goalkeepers. I do. Um, I think we'll use, uh, looking at the defensive line, I think we'll use one, two, three, four, well, four five, for sure, six. I hope. <laughs> yeah, 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 four. Uh, I think the midfield, so that puts us at eight. I think, um, so let me, let me, I'll just go through it real quick. Uh, I think we're looking at Zach Steffen, Matt Turner will play. I okay. think we'll get minutes from Serginho Dest, uh, Chris Richards, Anthony Robinson, Miles Robinson, DeAndre Yedlin, and Walker Zimmerman. Um, I'm not okay. sure about Reggie Cannon. Maybe uh, closing minutes again. No, no, um, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think we'll see Kellen Acosta, Tyler Adams, Luca De La Torre, and Eunice Musa and Weston play. That's a big number there um, as well. And and again, it's hard because we're talking about. But starting I, or bringing in because no, like, no, I think no, we're going to use like, 20 we're going to use 20 I plus um, I don't know if we will I mean that's that's I guess the question is at what point does does Greg Berhalter because once we get out of World Cup qualifying and we we qualify the the next round of games are they're just glorified they're all friendlies right they're all glorified versions of us to be sharp we don't have anything meaningful until the World Cup starts which is going to make this very unique because we now we once we're done with qualifying at the what at the end of March there's six months of, of just friendlies until we get to yeah. play the big enchilada. And even then you're in the middle of your club season. And like the next week, you st- it's crazy. It's crazy yeah. how this World Cup's all going to play out. But but this is your really a really good chance to, to get some meaningful minutes with what you think your core is going to be. And so I just was kind of curious as to how many players you're actually going to use. Yeah, now, I know three I, games I think we'll use days. 14 starters. 14 starters. Okay. Yeah, I think we'll use 14, max 15 starters. I think we'll use 20, 18 to 20 players total. Uh, closing out games, matches, moments, things like that. But I, I'm saying, I, I'd say we're going to have 15 starters. I'm going to say okay. 15. Okay, 15 starters. Okay. What about you? Now, just for fun, and we're going to, we'll wrap it up because we have our big preview for the U.S. Men's National Team for Huge El Salvador preview. tomorrow. So, so we'll get into it. And obviously, we'll preview all the other World Cup qualifiers with our pal, Wiso Vasquez, who uh, is definitely a fan of Mexico. So you're going to get that perspective in, in a more meaningful way, even though we, we try to be as unbiased as possible. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're all we're all good with L tree, no problem. But uh, unless they're trying to beat us, then that's something different. Or mm-hmm. telling us we should look in the mirror that we should be copying them. Whatever. Yeah, we'll get into that a little bit later. How many goals? And everybody listening and watching, and if you're just listening right now and hearing this later, hit us up on Twitter at Kegolasopod at Kegolasopod. How many goals do you think Christian Pulisic is going to score in these three games? Uh, I think he's going to score two. Two. I think he will score two. In these three games, I think he'll score two. I think we'll see him build his confidence up again with the national team. But I think two is 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 great given the context and the pressure of these games. He'll score two, and we'll get the results. Okay, the, the results. You know, like I'm not faking a uh, stance. How many do you think, Jimmy? I, I you know, one El Salvador. No, I'll say I think I like two. Two's nice and safe, Heath. I appreciate you because one could be a penalty, and the other one during the run of play. I just feel like Honduras and, and El Salvador are going to stack them up. I think they're going to play both of them in a low block, and it's going to be hard for him to find the space that he wants. I think Canada might play us a little bit more straight up, and he might get some opportunities there. I think he's going to play all three games. I hope he plays all three games, and I hope he stays healthy in all three games. But I would say that, uh, yeah, two feels feels pretty safe, but but if I, I could see him also just scoring one, or he just gets one. It could just be a penalty based on him creating that penalty or whatever it may be. So what I'm two. saying at least in the run of play, I'm saying at least one in the run of play, one in the run of play, at least. All right. Well, Heath Pierce, I appreciate you doing this with me as always. U S men's national team hour every Monday, 1 15 PM Pacific for 15 PM Eastern. If I'm doing my math, right. We appreciate you everybody for hanging out with us. 
This has been awesome. We love the community that we're building here on the Kegel Lasso podcast. You're the biggest reason why. So keep all that support coming, whether it's with likes, subscriptions, comments, turning on your notifications, leaving us five-star reviews. We want to make this as free as humanly possible for you at all times. And for everybody that entered into getting the gift card, Paramount Plus $100 gift card. So you have a year subscription with, we we think, we're not biased at all. Mm -mm, mm -hmm. Not at all to the, the best streaming place to watch the beautiful game. We wish you the best of luck. Make sure you drop your Twitter, Instagram handle to make that happen. And we will see you next week. So on behalf of our producer, Des, Keith Pierce, and myself, Jimmy Conrad, we appreciate you, LFG USA. And we'll be back with you guys tomorrow for a preview of the U.S. Men's National Team versus El Salvador and all the other World Cup qualifiers that are going down. It's going to be awesome, and we can't wait. Later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.